This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and I'm doing something new this year for the holidays. I am actually trying to interview an author a day or so because there's too many holiday books, and there's too many amazing authors that to feature just once a week. So I thought we'd do something fun. So, And that also gives you more ideas for Christmas ideas, hint, hint, and also things that you can buy for yourself after the crazy of the holidays winds down. So today I have Tracy Solheim, and she's been on the show before. She's a USA best-selling author. Um, she used to work in television. She went to the Seoul Olympics. She... Um, has amazing books, and she's also having uh, some construction and remodeling done to her house today. So if we hear a noise, it's fine. Nothing crazy is going on in her house. Um, and so we welcome you to the show today, Tracy. How are you? Thanks. I'm great. It's great to be back. I appreciate, uh, you know, being invited back. Well, I know. And, you know, I was thinking about you because we, of course, watch the Olympics in, in you know, Japan. Mm-hmm. That were in Japan. I didn't say we were in Japan, but right. um, because one of the divers of Jordan was um, he went. He goes to the University of Texas, and my daughter had just gotten accepted, and she was heading up there like within the month. And um, so, of course, we watched it, and his story was amazing. And I think they they really did some lovely stories this year, like backstories of a lot of the athletes. Especially, I think it was that positive energy that so many people needed for um, just because of. COVID and being home, what was what was right. one of your favorite backstory when you went? Oh, my gosh. Um, I think you, we worked on a lot of that, you know, beforehand. There was a lot of that done right. in New York um, before we got to Seoul. But when we got to Seoul, obviously, there was a lot of stuff that was going on. And that was when Greg Luganis, speaking of divers, um, fell and hit his head. And yeah. he came to the studio the next day, um, and actually, I think he was being interviewed on the Armed Forces Network, which we shared. We, we let them use part of our studio. Um, it's kind right. of like, a, I don't know, some sort of agreement they had beforehand. So he came in, and it was just really amazing to talk to this guy who literally, if you saw it, I mean, I was surprised he was even walking around at this point mm-hmm. because he really hit his head hard. And I remember him showing the stitches and all those kinds of stuff. I think I have a picture of me with him where he's leaning down. But it was just such an amazing story. I was like, you're going to go back and do this some more? And yeah, said, yeah I'm, I've trained for this my whole life. And, you know, if the doctors are clearing me. I'm going to do it. It was just kind of, here I was. If I stubbed my toe, there was no way I was getting back out there. You know what I mean? And right. I think that these athletes, they have something more, something deeper um, that just propels them on. And it, it was it, that was probably the most fascinating um, discussion I had with, with, with any of the athletes um, there. It was, well, it was very cool to watch. Since then, every time one of the divers, especially the platform dives, um, when they mm-hmm. jump and they, they jump, forward, you know, like they're facing back. Right. And they, I'm like, oh. every one of them like, you know, <laughs> just waiting for yeah. one of them. And they never do, thank and goodness. Wow. No, they, they, they get it right. And it's, 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 it's a gift, I think, for a lot of these athletes. Like I said, there's something deeper within them that just propels them. It's, and it's, it's amazing to watch. I mean, we, you know, you see all these amazing stories, and of course, I know that it, any any creative mind is going, oh, I could do something with that story, and I could do something with that. And, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's also interesting because we start to see 
you know, just basic human nature at, like, the umpteenth right. level of amazing. Right. Um, yeah. So you have, like, um, like um, oh, um, what is it, Michael? He's a swimmer. Michael Why Phelps. is his name? Thank Michael you. Phelps. Um, Michael Phelps. And there yeah, was yeah. that whole thing going on with the Australian, was it Australian or South African um, swimmer? And, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was very interesting to see the dynamics. And the funniest thing was, you know, Michael's like really in, in the zone, you can tell, and the other diver's kind of walking yeah. in front of him and stre- you know stretching. And I looked at my kids, I'm like, you see that? That's how you guys act sometimes when you think <laughs> you know you're trying to make somebody mad. Look, there it is, right there. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, well. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. Yep. It didn't stick though. They don't yeah. remember. It. But I mean, yeah. It but, but I mean, it's interesting <laughs> to see that whole dynamic yeah. go on. But so you were yeah. talking about sharing with Armed Services Radio, but. Like your first books were of three West Point classmates, um, and then uh, well, actually you those know, were yeah. Go ahead. Those were um, the most the most recent series before I got back into the, these last two books. Um, my first books oh, okay, were actually okay. a football series, um, and then oh yeah, the small towns back into. But yes, I did do. Um, they were three um, classmates at West Point, and then they became Secret Service agents. I kind of like dealing it. with you know. I like thinking in terms of a trio of books. I don't know why. I think because I like reading them that way. You know, I never – you finish a, a book and you, you, you want to get to the ending, but you don't want it to end. And I love to go back and catch up with the other characters. So I tend to always right. think in terms of three. Some of them grow a little bigger. Um, but that one, you know, you had the three characters. There is another character there that could potentially pop out. Um, but she's actually named after a real person. And I <laughs> she, oh, yeah. she wants to pick who her who – her, uh, her love interest will be so we'll see that's <laughs> but fair yeah, I, okay. I, I, I think it's, it's i think it's fun to you know I, I love to at the bond of brothers i guess was for that one in particular um right just, you know what they went through and what they had to go through at work and things so and it's also it's cool because it's almost like a three-act play because you know you get to know a little yeah. bit more about each of them as you're going through especially if you have like that thread of something they're all fighting you know, pulled through right, right. the whole series, yeah. And I love being I that love happily ever after. Particularly, yeah, and particularly though, when you do like a series and you have a secondary character in there, you know, you're looking at them through one character's eyes, but then when mm-hmm. you go to write their book, you're seeing them through other people's eyes. So they, they, you can make them look a little bit different. You know what I mean? One may have appeared needy in one book, but really they're not. It's just their sister was kind of. You were seeing them through the sister's eyes, who always thought her sister was right. very needy. But in, in the next book, she's really not. It's just it's perception, you know. And I, I think that's fun, too, when you take a series and you can go from book to book. You can look at things through a different filter and, and change things right. up. Well, and we all do it. I mean, we're, we're kind of – everybody's their, who they are at their core. But you're a different person right. for your, you know, significant other versus your brother versus your sister, your parents, you know, your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, like you're saying, seeing through that different lens. And so it's funny to see right. – even, you know, still, my brothers. It's like, really, you guys – you guys like that? I mean, like in the sense of that movie or that you read those books or you watch that or you went to that. Right. You know, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's fun to see and, and help them. So did you have – you've got this other character, but, I mean, you've written, what, 10, 12 books? Um, um, and I did 14th, yeah. Yeah, the 14th right. one just came out in October. Right. Yeah. Do you have um, – is there a character that you have it in one of your series? 
that you haven't written about yet, but you you plan to or people are asking? Oh, yeah, and that that's how I got to this particular book, Second Chance Christmas, that just came out. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, it's small town, big family, and so there's five brothers and sisters. One At the beginning of, of the series, one is already married the older sister and has a child, and um, so the, the first two books are the two older brothers um, who are second and third in line in, in the family, and also overarching that is their mother, who's a widow, who has mm-hmm. kind of the secondary story is kind of this season relationship. So I, what happened was those were published with Penguin Random House, the first two, and then um, I left them and went on to the Romantic Suspense, um, the, the three West Point Secret Service agents, and bloggers and readers, I would get mail. I, I would see people at conferences like, well, when are you going to finish the McAllisters? You know, they're our favorite family. We want, you know, we want more of them. And so that's how I got back into this um, writing this Christmas book. It, there was, there was a, there's still a brother and a sister and actually now a stepdaughter or a stepsister, I guess, hanging out there mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I, I wanted to write about. And as I was in there, you're, create, you're, you're going back into this world and all these other characters kind of filter in. I'm like, oh, that person would really could use a book. And so it's kind of, you kind of expand the world <laughs> as you go into it. But there, there's also someone from my football books that I get letters about all the time. And, and I kind of know her story, but I really want to do her justice. So I'm yeah. really waiting to flush it out and, and put it where, it where it needs to be because she's kind of had a, had a rocky road of it at the beginning. So I right. want to just kind of, just kind of, you know, fluff her off and write anything just to satisfy people's, um, you know, reading wants. So I, I want her to of, be of happy. <laughs> right. Isn't that funny how we just were so devoted to making these fictional people just blissful? Really? Um, <laughs> And, and why not? You know, I mean, we should. Um, so right. the book that you just mentioned, Second Chance Christmas, Second Chance Christmas, mm-hmm. is from the Chances Inlet mm-hmm. series. And then the book that you were just right, you were the character you were talking about for your football series is the Out of Bounds series. Is that correct? Or is it the Milwaukee uh, yes. Growlers? Yes. Okay. No, that one was from the Out of Bounds. She's she's um, was in the last book of the Out of Bounds series, and she kind of. Okay. Um, and it was funny because I never finished that epilogue because, again, I really wanted to resolve something with her. And I finally wrote the epilogue years later and put it out there. And, and I think that's what stoked everybody's interest. They're like, well, wait a minute. Now we really need her book. So at some point she will get it. But there's at least four in the pipeline right now. And I write really slowly. Right. So. so when you go back and, and do these series, what method do you use? Because everyone talks about different methods of story bibling and you know, some people use mm-hmm. Excel spreadsheets, and, you know, some people have friends that are really nice and, like, put stuff together so you don't forget what your mm-hmm. hero's, you know, brother's eye color was in book one when it's his story. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, yeah. what do you do to keep organized? A little bit of both. Um, I, okay. It's really bad. I have, like, this notebook full of sticky notes, but I also have yeah. one reader, my college roommate, who – and she's really funny. She can't read a book unless she knows what the character looks like from page one. So she hates it when I start, to, I wait to describe someone until we're further in the page. So I, before I even give her the arc to read, I have to say he has this color eyes and this color hair and he's this tall. And then she'll go find, you know, some relevant actor or model or whatever to kind sure. of um, use. Whereas I don't, I don't like to have someone in my head when I'm writing a book. Um, I, I forget what book it was. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up, but it's it's Jennifer Cruz and she was writing with someone else and I I can see his face but I can't remember his name. Okay. But anyway, um, I forget the name of the book, 
I think it was Alice and the Hitman. Yeah. And he, he was he was equating the character um, Alice as being like Xena Warrior Princess. And I was like, oh, you just ruined the book for me. That's not who I pictured when I was reading it. Oh, you wow. Know? So I'm, I'm, I'm very careful about that because everybody kind of draws their own picture in their mind as they're reading a book. Um, but again, yeah. there's some people like my roommate who has to know up front. So it's great because she writes all of that down. And or either that or she has, I, she can't have a photographic memory. She's she was struck by struck by lightning about 18 years ago and survived it. So she did, you know, wow. so like you must write all this down, but, but there are things that she remembers and that's one of the things she remembers and she has to read books in order. It's very, very funny, but, but um, she likes to, to know where everybody, what they look like and where they lived and who's older. And, and so she keeps perfect track of that for me and, and I'll call her. But I mean, when I, when I went back to this series, second chance, it had been five years, I think since I'd written the last book. So I did go and reread the first two um, just to kind of get, get an idea and get a feel and, and where things were in the town. Um, I think I'm to the point, if there are going to be more books, I'm going to have to do a map of the town, you know, things like that. But Right. Um, and that's something right. I'll probably outsource to one of my readers who they're always ready to jump in with that. So it's funny because, but, you know, it, it's it's hard to remember. You think people are like, well, you remember. I'm like, I don't even remember what I have for breakfast mm-hmm. sometimes. So no. to ask me yeah. about um, a specific detail, tiny detail right. of a character that I, I did create, don't get me wrong. Um, right. But sometimes it's just it's impossible to remember it all. It, it's very hard. I can't even remember my kid's birthday. So, you know, <laughs> trying to remember a character's eye color is like, there, there's probably one or two and that, that I, I remember because I think one of them, you know, he kept referring to her as the girl with the whiskey eyes. So, you know, you know, okay, this is, she has, you know, kind of this amber eye color and, and, her, and she was a blonde and I knew that. But there are others where I'm like, wait, what color was this person's eyes and how yeah. tall was he or whatever. But so... <laughs> it's it, you got to start keeping track as you do the series, and and I will I think with this one be much more um, on top of having a series bible running all along um, because yeah. if if I want to do seven or eight books like I as I can see in the pipeline there's already three that I know that are coming um, then I really need to be more careful with it right because so you're but you're high but you're hybriding you're a hybrid writer so you've done indie you've done publisher. You've done a mix of everything, right. and so you you know finding right. that balance of which to post when when to publish when and your calendar. I mean, how yeah. do you the calendar? Do you just, well, now I'm one. Yeah, I mean, how do you do that for indie. your deadline? Um, go ahead. Well, and and that's the thing, you know, when when you're when when you're with a publisher, you have a you have a pretty hard deadline, and and my husband really he loves me being indie because you have more control of things, except for the deadline part. He's like, I really like yeah. it. When I knew it was going to get ugly around here. Now, I don't even know when that's coming. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, when I have to buy four bags of chocolate and know that, you know, it's deadline week or, or whatever. Um, but <laughs> I think now it's become, for me, more of a business. Um, there's so much more than just writing, which on the one hand is overwhelming. But on the other hand, I like knowing what my schedule is and I like knowing um, – Again, when, when I have to really focus on things, um, mm-hmm. I, in this business, if you don't have a book coming out every six to nine months, it's very hard to keep, keep the sales up. Um, so I pretty much, I know in January and February, all I'm going to be doing is writing, like nothing else. Um, I was supposed to be writing a little more this month. I had some family stuff come up, but, and I, and I'm not going to push myself through the holidays. I'm kind of just keeping an even schedule and, 
so I know I'll have a half a book to write in January and February um, to get right. something out in, in, in May. But uh, And then I have another book I know that was set up in the end of Second Chance Christmas. I mean, I even gave them the prologue. People are going to want that. So it's got to come out next December. So I know what my schedule is. It's just um, it's just factoring in now all the other stuff that goes with it. And you have to be. Right. I found you have to be much more disciplined when you're when you're doing it indie, um, because again, there's so much other stuff that's that's into it. Um, and I have to really segment my day. Is nope, my butt has to be in the chair for at least these four hours, or I'm never going to mm-hmm. make this this um, deadline. Uh, so and do it's, you it's like? Taken do you turn off your phone? Do you? I mean, it's like I don't answer anything. Yeah. I mean, you are in yeah. the zone. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I have okay. yeah. Downstairs, I have a computer that only has Word on it, and that's all I do. Um, my phone is down there, but it's on silent, and only. I mean, now not so much because my kids are adults. It's not like they're you know both are out of college. It's, I'm not going to have any of these major emergencies. I do have an elderly parent that I have you know. Um, that, but I, I know what that number is, and, and if it comes up on the phone, I would answer it. But usually now, I, I have a dedicated time from 11 o'clock till about 4 o'clock in the day, that I and mm-hmm. I'll take a break in the middle of the walk the dog, and that, that's it. And then, um, you know, the rest of the day is advertising and answering emails and all that fun stuff. But I can do that right. at night, too, you know, while I'm doing something right. else. So, so yeah, it doesn't, it's, cre- it doesn't it's need that really same brain organized. power. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting because people talk different. about, oh, well, wouldn't you? Yeah, wouldn't you rather do indie because you could, you know? And it's, and but publishers, they'll do. It's like, well, publishers will announce your books coming out, and and there is mm-hmm. some marketing, but honestly, they're mm-hmm. they have so many other people. They're not going to be right. continually promoting you. It's your job to promote yourself. I it's mean, your period. Job. So if I was no matter what you right, yeah. and I was doing it anyway, right? I was doing yeah. it anyway. So why didn't I just? And and there's a lot going on right now. There, I do have a series that um, I am talking with two editors about that they're really interested in. But it's just a matter of when I want to fit it in. Um, and it, it's one I've been talking about for about two years. So I, I know that, and I know there's interest in it. It's a really, it's more women's fictiony. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm. I'm Probably will make time for that in 2023. I'm not 100% sure. If, and, and as my husband says, it depends on what they offer, you know. And, and in my case, I, it's going to have to be. I don't care about money. It's 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 assistance. You know what I mean? It's like do the marketing. Put, put, I don't pay me. Pay it out there. You know what I mean? Um, so right. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm I'm content right now where I am, and it's it's really nice to still interact with readers every day, and and people are still buying the book, and it, it got unbelievable reviews which I was really surprised about so I'm both of them that I had two come out independently this year that I was a nervous wreck about and they came out just as well as the ones that were traditionally published so so I'm, I'm happy about that and and honestly when it comes down to it I know that when that whole indie stuff started back in what 2010 2011 there was this whole discussion mm-hmm. and it's it, it sounded eerily familiar to when you could get digital books versus print, and it was that same of no self-respecting Correct. writer will, you know, um, only do ebooks. No self-respecting writer will do indie. And then, you know, you find that it's if you don't really have a grasp of honestly both, doesn't matter if you do both, whether it be published, you right. know, the publisher or an indie. Right. You should have at least some idea. Um, and the yeah. idea of people buying your book, like physically, is nice. But you know, it's really cool when you can see everybody when you have a book bub, how many people download your uh, book yep. today. You know, exactly. And that's a huge deal. And I, mm-hmm. 
yeah. I I had last month. I had a book, um, and it was unbelievable. I mean, how many downloads? Got? And I kept looking. I was going, oh, it was free, and it was. I got this many downloads, but it, I was selling books. All the other, the whole rest of the series was selling at the same mm-hmm. time. So mm-hmm. it's 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 and it's it's really funny because you have to make these calculated decisions. And I was very leery of doing a lot of stuff. You 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 take you go to all these. Um, seminars, online web webinars or whatever, and, and listen to these people talk, and they're like, you got to do this, you got to do this. I'm like, I'm not doing that. But I've kind of stuck my toe in the water and started doing things. I'm like, oh, maybe they're right. You do have to do, you know, yeah. some of these things. Um, and, and you're right. You have to have a grasp of the business as a whole. You know, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you, you're going to be totally independent or KU or whatever. Um, you need to know what's going on over there so you can fit yourself wherever you want to be in, in the market. And it may not, it may be some of it, it may be all of it, it may be, you know, one tiny little sliver. But but you yeah. need to know what's going on around you. And it's oh, ever-changing. Sure. So every day it's a moving target. Yeah. 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 It's it's a crazy. So you've got these, and you're talking about you're having more books coming out next year. What what is your ultimate goal? Mm-hmm. Like, ideally, how many books would you be? Would you love to have published in a year, whether it be indie or, or traditional? Either way, like, an, is there a number? I've always been kind of a two two book a year, and that okay. seems to work for me. I, I you know I have um, low vision as well, so that's a whole other you know. Um, thing that comes in, in into play when I when I'm working mm-hmm. and it's I can't really press any more than I'm and plus again like I said I'm I'm a very slow writer I don't think I'm methodical it's just more my first draft is my first draft um I've mm-hmm. really in 14 books never had to change anything around um you know an editor hasn't come in and said no this doesn't work um so it's 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 just my process it just takes a long time but when it's yeah. done it's done and right. um you know, I give myself 12 to 16 weeks to, to, to write it, and they're usually 90,000 words. And then, um, you know, then you've got the marketing for another two to three months, and then you start on the next one. Um, so yeah. that, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at. And it's, 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 it's my just process. interesting. I don't yeah. know if I can speed it up. No, I mean, I think everybody does what, what they do the way they do it because it works you know, um, and you get a quality product, so therefore it's good. And and we're always learning, like we're talking about. So, oh, well, that might help. But it's just a thing. And some books are easier to write. Some books just are like the characters are just talking to you all the time. And then others, you just have the idea, and you're like, come on, you know, like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're being really rude. (laughs) <laughs> right, you'll have a title, and you'll have you're like, oh, and this person does this and does that, and I'm like, okay, well now what happens, you know? And that's happened to me a lot where I can get that that first pair, uh, first chapter or two, and it's really great, and they're interacting, and then you're like, oh, okay, well where do I go from here? I know where I want to end it, but you know, yeah. I gotta really get them through and get another twenty as, chapters in there, <laughs> as we all love the sagging middle, <laughs> the sagging middle. I'm like, it's it's yeah. it's really there, it's really there, yeah. but. Oh, no. But it's, but it's, it's, if everybody could do it, then everybody would be writing books. So that that's my, but I keep telling myself, I'm like, why is this so hard? Well, because, and it's, again, if everybody could dive off a diving board, they'd be in the Olympics. You know what I mean? It's kind of the that's same right. thing. They, they, those Olympic athletes have the something within them. And you and I, we have these people talking to us in our heads mm-hmm. that we need mm-hmm. to, to, to get out. And so it's just, it's just kind of a different, uh, a different experience. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was talking to, I've talked to several, my, I have teenagers, and, and one of my kids was saying, I'm going to be a YouTuber, and I was like, you won't even pick up your socks. I mean, do you know how, um, <laughs> I mean, it takes you forever just to clean up your room. Do you, do you really right. have any idea how many hours these people have spent right. just to get people to spent, look at, like, yeah. to get 100 followers? Um, it's right. a I'm lot. Yeah, it's That's a lot. a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Social media so is a killer. <laughs> It is, and it's, it's a it's in a way and kind of a great equalizer, but of course it can be an awful place. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's just finding the balance, and again, finding the balance. Um, what right, has right. been your favorite favorite input from an, a, a reader, a favorite letter um, from a reader? Oh, oh, it's it's got to be. Um... <sighs> And when I meet her, a character in my book, um, it's a friend of mine's best friend's mother. So, and a good friend of mine, her best friend died of, um, I believe it's colon cancer. And she still keeps in, keeps in touch with um, this woman's mother because um, they grew up mm-hmm. in the same town. And then she keeps in touch with the grandmother and, and her name's Evie. And it was probably my first book. And this woman at the time might have been 89 or 90. She had to be in her late 80s because she's 96 now. So, um, But she sent me this letter, and she said, I had the best time reading this book. And my whole um, bridge club read it, and, and we all laughed. And it was just – it was probably not the first um, letter I got from a reader, but it was very early on. And it was just her energy level and just the fact that she said, you know, there's a lot that – I miss out on in life because I'm older. She says, but I can always get it now through books. And I really felt like I experienced, you know, what the character experienced in your book. And it gave me just such a great uh, weekend. She said she read it in a whole weekend. And I was like, oh, this is lovely. And so she sent me a couple letters, you know, of the other books. And she ended up, I made her a character um, in the books. uh, Oh, it's Holiday at Magnolia Bay. Um, okay. And she was a character, uh, and that one I think an octogenarian, you know, older woman who her grandson is a Navy SEAL, and he comes back and he thinks someone's trying to take her inheritance or whatever, and that's kind of and really the woman's giving her inheritance to the the marine biologist who runs the uh, turtle rescue farm. They live in in uh, it's a fictional town in South Carolina, Magnolia Bay, that we created at uh-huh. Tule. Um, so anyway, so, and Evie's been in a lot of my books, and it's really funny because I will request to, um, every time, to large print books and send them to her. Um, and she, the other day, she texted me and she says, well, I said, do you, do you want to get it on audio? Because we haven't done this one on audio yet. And she's no, I still like to hold the book in my hand and read it, even though she's got to hold it really close because her eyes yeah. are getting bad. But I send her the large print, and that's it, you know. So I think I that's, that's one of the ones. And I, I love that because I've, I've never met her. I know her tangentially, like I said. Um, and that's how the, the first letter got to me because she knew my friend Allison and gave it to her, and she brought it over to me. And now we've been pen pals ever since. But um, but it's just it's fun, and it's fun to hear what people say and um, you know, I, I, I enjoy it. And this, this one that's out now, um, a lot of the uh, advanced readers um, were, they would send me emails or texts and be like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. This book has so much food in it. I'm hungry. There's too many food references. And of course, it's a holiday book. So there's, there's yeah. lots of food. And there's a bachelorette party with um, these crazy, you know, holiday cocktails, you know, a peppertini and a 
um, uh, a gingerbread martini and all this kind of stuff. So they kept asking me, are you going to put the recipes in the back of the book? I'm like, oh, my gosh, there would be too many. So I ended up creating a cookbook um, that Mm -hmm. readers can get online when they sign up uh, for my newsletter. So and we had a lot of fun with that. And and that was funny because a lot of those people who were reading the ARC had just signed up to read it, and I never, and a couple were actually reviewers, bloggers, and I never met them before, but they were, um, I had contacted them on Instagram. And so they would mm-hmm. DM me back, and they're like, okay, I'm on page whatever. Can I get the recipe for this and this and this? And I thought, wow, I didn't realize, you know, there was so much of a food element in the book. But again, it was a holiday, so all of that is constantly referenced, and I just didn't even, didn't even realize it um, until people right. started asking for the food, for the recipes. So, it's fun. So we it's have a kind of a nice dialogue, you know, um, because yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things of like a, a neutral topic that you know everyone likes this. Yeah. Um, and are you know if they if you don't, but you have another recipe that's similar. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a great conversational thing to have in a, in a story right. for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned the yeah, turtle. You mentioned the turtle rescue. Have you gone to one mm-hmm. in? Um, I aren't have they fun in Jekyll Island? Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, in Jekyll Island. I think we spent all day there one time, and my kids were, I, I don't know, one elementary and one middle school, I think at this point, and we got to go behind the scenes, and they're in those big, you know, some are in the, the larger pools, but the rest are in those little plastic kiddie pools, you know, mm-hmm. in the back, and, and, and we actually um, have, uh, would always stay in the beach, uh, it's Oak Island or Caswell Beach, is um, just at the bottom tip of North Carolina where it's of South Carolina, um, and we were there one summer. I'll never forget. And they had the turtle um, turtle nests out, and they have them all marked where the people watch them. They have the um, the fencing around it and everything. And all of a sudden, we hear all right. these people outside at night, and they were hatching. And you could, we ran out there, and of course it's dark, and you can't take any pictures. You can't really see, but you could kind of see them like bubbling up, and they just come uh-huh. out like like it's a geyser. They all are coming out, and then they're running to the water. Um, so it's, it was, it's just fun to see, and I really wanted that in the book. And it was very hard because it's a Christmas book, so I had to start it in August. And then, of course, they're separated until they have the big, you know, reunion, um, the grand gesture at, at Christmas time. But because I really right. wanted the whole pearl hatching in there. But uh, It's so, really interesting because you know, we've gone a few times down in uh, South Padre, and that's the Kemp Ridley sea mm-hmm. turtle, and they, you know, hatch on there and then top of Mexico, and then they go all around. And right. it's funny because, you know, my, I was like, you have to be there really early because, you know, once yeah. they hatch, you know, they, they got, if anybody knows or doesn't know, they have all these different nests that they have, and then they know which ones have been mm-hmm. there the, about the amount of time, so they may or may not right. have a release because if the turtles hatch at 2 in the morning, they're, they're letting them go. I mean, it's like they're going. Right. right. Um, oh, yeah. If it this hatches at 5... Yeah, if they hatch at 5, then, you know, you'll probably have a, a release that morning. So all these people around, mm-hmm. and they're showing us the turtles. Of course, you can't touch them. And um, so they go, right. okay, and then they they have people in the water. So, you know, seagulls don't come down and, like, have breakfast. And right. um, <laughs> you have all these turtles. And then everyone's like, yay! And then I guess everyone thinks it's just like, okay, everybody's in the water and da-da! Well, some turtles just really aren't interested in going anywhere. No. Um, and they yeah. just stay there, and you're going, okay, time to go now. You know, yeah. and they're just like, yeah. oh, whatever. And I think yeah. my son yeah. went, well, that's why they're extinct. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Well, um, this one that yeah. we saw, it was interesting because it was at night, and then the next morning they were out there, and they kind of, 
they I, they didn't use a shovel, but they kind of prodded. There were still some in in the nest, and so mm-hmm. they did kind of like a second. The the first time they all went out on their own, but the second time right. they had some nature um, biologists and people there that were actually trying to get them out of the nest and get them. To, and of course, by this time it's broad daylight um, because I think it was you know they come out when it's low tide. So the first one was at night, and then this was late in the morning. And and there's all these people standing there, and I'm sure you know same thing. My son's like, well, I wouldn't come out with all these people here, you know. So right. it's, it's kind of the same Forget thing. It. But yeah, yeah. Okay, Junior, you got to go now. No. No, that's yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Good. No, no worries. But those little moments are fun to write and, and books. Yeah. Um were you yeah. able to take a lot of pictures yeah. when you were able to go so you could kind of, you know, pull back on that and say, Okay, let's see. Because, I mean you see we all see stuff. We're like, Oh, I gotta write about that. But right. actually going back. So um when I went to the beach last time I was I was had my phone and I was literally I was recording myself saying things like the ocean sounds like this. And because we, we all know this yeah. if we've been to the ocean. But, again, right. being there, it's a different sensory. Right. It's a different so Yeah. 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 It's, it's, With the turtles, know, it just because, feels different. Yeah. Right. Because it was at night, you couldn't have any kind of light because they'll go to the light because they're going towards the moon right. or whatever. So mm-hmm. they were like, no, you can't take any picture. Of course, my husband, you know, didn't know that and took one picture. So we do have a picture. <laughs> he got yelled at an excuse. <laughs> But the next Fair. day, you know, um, during the when it was, you know, daylight, I had pictures of them going out. And so, um, but I'll just the image of them coming up like a geyser out of the out of the sand, and just they're just all crawling over top of one another and just mm-hmm. crawling out. Um, that's something that you know I I don't know if I'll ever forget because it was just so unbelievable to watch. So <laughs> like this is nature, yeah. you know, right here. Um, very cool. Very, very cool. It's it's bizarre. I mean, we we've watched. You know, every a lot of us have watched the National Geographic ones, and it's it's interesting how you right. see. Okay, all these turtles, they lay their eggs and then they go back, um, and then it's either they all hatch independently or they all hatch at once. Right. And at once. so, yeah. of course, at the ones that um, hatch independently, of course, they're like and predators, and like David Attenborough and predators are waiting. You know, and, and my right. kids are like, no. <laughs> Because you know, like, why yeah. doesn't the cameraman do something? Um, but then you see the one where all of them hatch, and you know these predators right. are like, "What is going on?" <laughs> They're so confused. Right. They're like, it's a buffet. <laughs> but there's so many; it's like they can't, they yeah. can't even yeah. begin yeah. to do it. So yeah, well, you know, now everybody's listening knows all about sea turtle releases, baby turtle releases. Sea turtles, so, but yeah. if you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you do have a chance, you should go. Any. Any sort of animal release, Definitely. I think, amazing. So if you have an opportunity, yeah. absolutely should go. So other than um, that, so and you've got some uh, wonderful drinks. So if somebody wants to have uh, Tracy's drink recipe book, you can sign up for her newsletter mm-hmm. on her website, and it's Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y-S-O-L-H-E-I-M. And I'm going to have all her social media and all her and her website links in the write-up of the show. Um, but you can sign up for her website. You can get that recipe book. Um, and so mm-hmm. what other um, exciting – you've got probably two books coming. You were talking about a women's fiction book um, coming right. possibly 2023 um, time frame. Yeah. What haven't you written about yet that you want to? 
Oh, my gosh. I have two booksellers. It's really funny, two independent bookstores here um, that are within, I don't know, two miles of each other. And I do signings at both of them. And both the owners are very good friends. And one of them is desperate for me to write historical fiction. Um, really? And we, it's funny. Yeah, she's like, I really, I think you do really well with historical fiction. It's something that would sell. I think she's thinking in, in, in terms of a Kristen Hanna type thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm not there yet. But yeah. um, I, and so we were talking about it the other day. I did a signing and um, I said, if I ever did, did something, it would be the Revolutionary War. Um, because I spent a lot of time in Lexington, Massachusetts in the, in the mid-70s during you know, the bicentennial and everything. My father was stationed up there in the Boston area. And so I, it, that's, that's an area that I've always just been fascinated with. So I think if I ever moved on to something else, it would be historical fiction, and it would probably be during the Revolutionary War time frame, the 1770s area. So, wow. Um, which is, I think, really interesting. It would be fun, I think. It, and there's not a lot yeah. out there. I mean, there used to be, you know, John Jakes and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, there's not a lot out there that's recent. So that I think that would be fun. It'd be fun to research. And I, like I said, I, Johnny Tremaine is probably one of my all-time favorite books that I read as a kid. And I still love all that, you know, um, and all that went on during during that time in uh, 1775, all that in the Boston area. So I, th- I think that would that would be something that I would probably gravitate to if I – if I decided to do something totally different than what I'm doing. Right. Well, and I think a lot of people shy away from historical because of the research. I mean, you have to be. Exactly. Well, yeah. you should be correct. So, right. you know, nobody's correct. got zippers yeah. in 1758. Exactly. Nobody. Um, right. right. So it, <laughs> yeah. no one's saying y'all. And, and I, Nobody. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And well, in my previous career, I was a, you know, that's what I did for Congress. I was a researcher and investigator. So it's not, it's not something that I shy away from. And and even every book that I write, like even with the recipes and stuff, I did a lot of research on those and, and, Mm -hmm. and um, the Secret Service ones. Oh my gosh, the White House. I had so much fun. I felt like I, you know, I, I could spend days just going through the White House uh, Historical Society and, and looking at what's in each room and how they decide what goes in. And then there's, a, there's this whole repository with all of the stuff, the paintings and the furniture from the White House from, you know, when it, when it was built and that they can mm-hmm. switch out over time. Um, and and I, I spent like a week, you know, looking at all that even online. And you could, it's, it's, it's a sinkhole. <laughs> For me, sometimes yeah. research can be a bad thing because I get too into it. But I was, you know, again, I think the reason why I picked that subject is I would love to to read more about, you know, the Revolutionary War and and you know, you read period pieces and and things that and biographies from that time, and that's where you kind of get um, information. Even you know, go go to the archives and and get letters and things like that, and that's where you get um, kind of your feel for for the research and and what was available during that time period. It's it's fascinating, isn't it? Because it's it's you're sitting yeah. there going, wow, this is how they did this everyday thing that I didn't even think about. Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I, so for me, we, that, um, that wouldn't be hard. <laughs> right. Well, my daughters were um, one of my daughters is working on. Um, she had to do something about the Renaissance. We're talking about the Northern Renaissance and the Southern and the Southern Renaissance in mm-hmm. you know, Italy. And we we're talking about these different things. And I have always told my kids, I said, truly, because of the time frame, I said, I'm truly amazed mm-hmm. that the the church allowed uh, the printing press to exist <laughs> because exactly. it is one of those 
it's one of those things, and I'm thinking, was it a geography thing? They didn't know where it was. I mean, they didn't know. I mean, it's just because right. that really just shifted the whole power structure um, big time. It shifted the whole uh, world, yeah. yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. And so to read stuff, you, I mean, I, I, to, to see things like that, people handwritten letters, and, and I just can't even right. imagine. You know, you're thinking about this person yeah. writing this. It, it's wild writing it's it out. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they, yeah. It's so, and it's funny because you talked about all this uh, this stuff that um, when people are in the White House, you know, the stuff that's there before you get there, you don't get to take. <laughs> so no. that's the nope, people's nope, nope. stuff. Um, and there's all right. sorts of different things that they switch out. So um, to see all the stuff that we don't necessarily get to see, because I mean, obviously the White House is not on display all the time, right? right. Right. Different room, and and oh, like one tenth of what could furnish it and be on the walls is in there. The rest of it is in this warehouse in South Washington mm-hmm. D.C. And it's wow. fascinating because that's kind of you know it's again like you said it belongs to all of us and it's stuff that you know is it part of it are at this point are treasures you know they're a couple hundred years yeah. old and um, you know and some of the other stuff you know the more recent stuff. Some of the presidents get it donated, you know, uh, more more the modern art, but then to the White House. But a lot of it is donated, and it becomes part of the collection, which is was really I didn't know that. It was really fascinating to to huh. talk to some of the people there and find out. Yeah. Wow. I just, yeah, the history would just be phenomenal. My kids yeah. and I, we watched National Treasure, and my kids are like, so is there a, a president's book? I'm like, honey, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's about, you know, the National Treasure was about the Declaration of Independence. This is about the president's book and Mm -hmm. stuff um, like this uh, city of gold. Um, And they have these two desks that are matched, and one's in Buckingham Palace, and one's in the White House. And you've got all these little um, ways it was hiding stuff. And um, but I told I told the kids, I said, more than likely, I know that when an outgoing president usually writes a letter to the incoming president and leaves right. it on the desk. Right. Um, but then you also, I'm sure, I mean, I would think that there would be even like just a notebook saying, you know, this hallway goes, you know, this is bathrooms closer. <laughs> like, right. Ask well, this person, also... she makes the best chocolate snacks. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, there's a briefing book that all the staff leave for the next person that takes their position. And it's right. kind of, you know, it's, just, it's, it's a briefing book that I think part of it is, has, you know, um, been built up over time. In other words, they don't change a lot of it, but as technology changes, obviously they update things. But then there's, you know, they're supposed to put their own spin on it and leave a letter or two to the person taking over, and, and then you would include kind of these most recent things in there. But it's usually a job description and where everything is in the White House and who you go to to get this or that, you know, which is right. probably more critical because some of the some of the staff, you know, does stay there, the actual staff for the House and and. Um, so you you do need to know, you know, who, who's got the pleasure? Right. Where is that, you know? <laughs> who's, who's got that? When, if, if you bother so-and-so yep. at night, you better have a nice cup of coffee waiting when they show up. You know, right. those kind of things that are, are actually kind <laughs> yep. of important because, you know, yeah. we got to yeah. work together. we got to work with each other. So I think it's absolutely important. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I so appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you so much absolutely. for having me. So Tracy is out there. Mm-hmm. She's on her website, T-R-A-C-Y-S-O-L-H-E-I-M. Again, the link is going to be in the write-up of the show as well as 
all of her social media, and you can find Tracy. And she's got tons of books, so make sure to get your Kindle ready or your e- whatever e-reader you use because you will stay plenty busy. And please come back and tell us when your uh, next stuff is coming out. We want to talk to you some more. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. Yay! I, you know, I wish everybody a very happy holiday and a better tw- – we're hoping 2022 is going to get better. <laughs> I think so. I think we're on a good, I think we're on a good uh, in, I incline so. here, so that's good. <laughs> yep, yeah. Everybody stay oh, safe and keep you. on reading. Absolutely. Thanks. Have a Bye. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions www.cosproductions.com Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.